ready to take a ride, grab your coffee, and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Praise the Lord, Brother John. How are you doing today? I am doing okay. Great to hear your voice. Everybody, welcome aboard. This is a live broadcast. Today is Thursday, July 6th. 2023 my brother uh, is the year going fast to you we're already about halfway through yeah man you know brother john i was just reflecting on this i remember last fourth of july a year ago i was pretty sick i had been sick for a few weeks um and uh i said i got to get up and do something i remember the leper said to the leper why sit here till we die (laughs) <laughs> and I got myself up, got on the program. We've been down a little bit, and uh, we began to broadcast a year ago and went four months straight. I was thinking about that the other day. Seven days a week for four months. It was crazy. But I want to get that 10,000 mark, and that was a year ago. And here we are. We're still alive. Went through some changes. But I'm thinking, how time has flown. And... Um, what an honor it is to be here with uh, Pastor John Terrell. We've got a new time, folks, as uh, some of you already know. Uh, we're on every day Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, or we'll go later as necessary. And that is uh, start time of 7 a.m. for you out in California. We've got Brother John Terrell on here every Thursday at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern. And uh, hope you will tune in and invite some friends out here. Brother John, we're also now streaming on multiple platforms. We've got MixLR and IceCast now. So two ways people can tune in live. Just to give you all a heads up. Well, with that, we're going to get started. Would you like to open us up in prayer, my friend? Yes, I will. <clears throat> my Heavenly Father, I want to thank you and praise you right now that I'm on Omega Man Radio. Just 50 minutes ago, we had no internet connection. If Father God, as we prayed... And that the connection came back. And I just want to thank you, Father God, that whatever the devil tried to do to stop things, your holy angels can override that. And I'll thank you for that. Again, we need an anointing. I need a great anointing on myself and on everyone listening. So that, Father God, we are immersed in the Holy Spirit as we communicate. And I want to thank you and I want to praise you for that now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Brother John, take all the time you like. The mic is yours. Praise God. Uh, We're talking about guidance for a Christian. And the other day, I made an observation, and um, for whatever it's worth, that in the oceans or in lakes, we have fish, we have plants, we have a number of different uh, creatures that move and live in water. And uh, they are breathing. They get the oxygen from the water. They have a special, uh, uh, they don't have lungs, but they have a, a special gadget that they were created with. They can make them to pick up the oxygen. Now, we, people, animals, birds, and so on, we live in a gas filled environment so around us 
we have gas, which is, we call it air, and uh, the air c contains oxygen. Uh, we have uh, carbon dioxide, and we got a number of other small, <clears throat> what do you call it, uh, small amounts of different gases. But we are living in a gas environment. And we also want to live in an environment that is saturated by the Holy Spirit. So in the spirit world, we have the Holy Spirit. He wants to envelope us, fill us, guide us. He wants to totally control us so that we can have a maximum lifetime. So that's just an observation. I thought I'd just share that with you, and uh, you can think about it. <clears throat> We're going to be talking here about, I'm, I'm talking about guidance for a Christian. We talk about the will of God for our lives and so on. And I want to share with you two incidents that has had an impact on my life. Uh, when I got older, particularly, I would say after I got about 60 years old and up. This is not, was not two incidents that happened, so I'll show you the first incident. As a young, young boy, 15 years old, uh, we were 15, um, the mopeds had just uh, broken in on the scene. Uh, this goes back in the 19, early 1950s. And uh, so I lived a, uh, in a town. We had a factory there, uh, and uh, they made mopeds. So it was a dream of every boy. When you, when you turned 15, you could drive a moped. You didn't need a driver's license. You, you know. And they could only go about 30 miles an hour, a little bit, maybe more. We souped them up. But anyway, I had a moped, and I souped it up. I made it a little bit more powerful. I took off the muffler. I wanted to hear, you know, the sound. I mean, I, they could hear me for a mile when I drove on my little moped. So we had what they call a motocross um, area where people have dug up and made you know, a motocross track. And it was fun, you know, curves and so on. And then you had the dips. And so when it comes to the dip, you could do two things. You could either slow down and go down and come back up on the other side. Or you could gas it up, get maximum speed and fly over it. And, and that way you, you, you made time. Well, <clears throat> at that time, I was, I was saved, but not been in a backsliding condition. I didn't ask for God's will. It, what's God's will? God, do you want me to be on this motocross track? I didn't ask him that. I didn't ask him, you know, is it your will that I soup this up so it goes faster and so on? So I just left God out of the equation. I just did what I wanted to do. So one day, I was running the tracks, having a good time. And uh, this time when I was going to jump over the uh, dip, I lifted up my steering wheel too much. 
and instead of flying over it, I did fly over it, but then I landed on my back, and I had a bike on top of me, and I hit my back really hard. As a matter of fact, I probably was laying there for five, six minutes because all the air went out of me. When you land on the back and you hit it that hard. So, after a while I got up, you know, didn't have any pain and I didn't think about it. But I had damaged one of my vertebrae, and it didn't show up until I was after 60 years old. As a matter of fact, it didn't show up after 70 years old. And then suddenly I had problems, and it's been uh, once or twice, at least once I'd been taken to the hospital where I could not walk. And uh, they simply had to put me in a car, they took me in. I lay down, excruciating pain, and um, this time I hadn't done anything particularly, uh, moving grass, stuff like that, walking around and lifting things. So I remember laying in the hospital, and uh, they pumped me full of uh, painkiller, and I was just laying there looking up. And the doctor came in and says, well, he said, we got extras here. you got a very bad uh, vertebrae here, and the disc is protruding out. It's out about nine millimeters. So uh, that's you have damaged that some time ago, and uh, because of that, um, this is why you're here. Uh, he said, we got to do two things. We can try to do surgery, or I can send you to therapy. Immediately, I did the one surgery. I said, send me to therapy. I remember walking into, matter of fact, my brother had to bring me uh, to the uh, therapist, and I was in a wheelchair, and uh, he put me up on a table, checked me out, looked at the x-rays, and the guy told me, he says, well, I think I can fix you, but I can't promise it. He said, if I do fix you, he said, you know, you, you're going to have to walk around like a ballerina the rest of your life. You know, you can't do a whole lot. So with that, he started working on me, and I thought he was going to die on that table. Uh, but in about three months, I was walking, and I was able to go back to work and so on. And that's about maybe 10 years ago. And... Uh, so I know now, I got a week back, I got to watch what I'm doing, because God has healed me, but I still had the damage back there. So what I'm going to tell you is this, being 15 years old, being stupid, not saying, God, do you want me to run around on this little motorcycle? Do you want me to jump over dips? Is that your will? I didn't do that. So God allowed me to do it. You have a free will. But now, years later, I have to baby my back because I know this. If I don't do it, I'll be back again in the hospital. So it is important to know the will of God. The second point I want to make here is this, that... I noticed over the years that my hearing was going down. And um, 
so I had a difficult time to hear. I could hear, but not that I used to do it. And so one day I decided to uh, have it checked out, have my ears checked out. And uh, so I went to the hospital, not actually the clinic. And they checked my ears out and they told me that I had lost about 40% of my hearing. Um, and the reason for that was that my eardrums had grown so thick that they could not pick up. They were not as, what do you call it, vibrant or pliable as they were when I was a young person. So, uh, you know, pride, you, know, you don't want to have hearing aids, you know. You're an old man, you know, you got to have hearing aids. So I decided to go to a place that just for the fun out of it, check out. So I went into this place, and um, uh, they checked my ears out and so on. And then he said, try these hearing aids on. So he put them on, and I simply felt like I was halfway to heaven. I said, wow, man, can I hear with these? He says, I'm going to take them off. I said, don't take them off. I said, I'm buying them. Don't you touch them. They're mine now. Sign me up. Where do I, where do I, how, how do I pray for this? So then I went back and I thought about the, how did I damage my ears? Well, that was not my fault. But when, as a 19-year-old young man, I worked one year in a foundry in Sweden. We, they were making cast iron objects, uh, engine blocks, and all kind of other things. And in this foundry, which was large, there was about maybe two to three hundred men working. It was not a small foundry. Uh, they had shaking machines, and uh, they would sound like, uh, I would say, like a 50-millimeter machine gun, very loud. And so they had them in rows, so you had about maybe 50 shaking machines, and then you had an aisle between them, and then you had on the other side, you had another 50 shaking machines. And we had no air protection. So, again, this is not the will of God that I was going to damage my ears like this. But since the Swedish government did not have any regulations on damage to hearing in, fact, in factories, and the factory couldn't care less what happened to the workers, they just wanted their money, uh, I worked there for one year. And what I learned is this, when you have a lot of noise, excessive noise, the eardrum, which is very thin to begin with, thickens itself to protect himself from excessive noise. So my eardrum grew very thick, and so I lost all my hearing when it comes to uh, High pitch. So, these two things now has affected me. It affected my back. 
it's affected by hearing, because I have hearing aids now, I can compensate for that and have almost 95% hearing on both ears. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. But here's what I want you to think about. It is so important that you ask God every day, what is your will for my life? When you are working, you do physical work. Uh, if you are exercising, uh, whatever you're doing, if you sit too long in front of a computer, if you strain your eyes at the computer and so on. So you have to think about this. Our body is a marvelous machine created by God, but it has limitations. Just like you have a car. A car, you, you can buy, drive a car, you can drive it in such a way that you destroy it in, in just a couple of weeks. Or you can drive it in such a way that you have the car for 50 years. It depends upon how you abuse it. So, most people never think to ask, God, what, what is your will in my life? When it comes to health, when it comes to my body, uh, what what do you want me to do? What is the perfect will for my life? And what are the things that the chiropractor, I go to chiropractor twice a month to maintain my posture. He told me this, you cannot sit a long time in front of a computer because you will damage your back. Well, I write a lot. I get into it. And I get excited. And I forget the time. So I have to remind myself, I have to be in the will of God. I have to simply take care of things or you will pay later for what you have done. So that's my introduction today to, uh, to that you understand that it is super important that you know the will of God. This week, I um, got a phone call from a uh, good friend of mine. And this person is has been in the ministry, I would say, for probably 20 years plus, and um, been a very successful uh, minister and uh, had a large following. We're talking about maybe a hundred thousand people following this particular minister. So I done some work with, with this particular person, uh, done some program and so on. So I got a call the other day and uh, this particular person called me up. Matter of fact, I had got calls coming in. I missed them and so on. So I recognized that who it was, who was calling me. And the Holy Spirit told me before I talked to the person that that person is going to ask you for money. 
So I said to myself, okay, uh, thank you for the warning, Holy Spirit. Um, so eventually we made contact. And sure enough, the person simply asked, you know, I need some money. I, I am crashed. I've crashed. And uh, I'm completely alone. I don't know anyone. Uh, I lost everything. I'm toast. So I simply tried to uh, ask a few questions, uh, what had happened, so on. And uh, I didn't get a whole lot, but uh, I told the person this. I don't have, our ministry right now is hurting. Uh, due to the inflation and a number of other things, our income is down. I said, I don't have any surplus. I, I can't help you out. But I can do one thing. I said, I can go on Facebook and I can put out an appeal for you uh, to see if we can get some people give you some money. So then I found out that the person had got married earlier this year. This particular person had been uh, single for a number of years, had a divorce probably 25 years ago. So I found out that the person had married an unbeliever, a person smoking, drinking, and uh, an un ungodly person. And so uh, I contacted the person back and said, hey, you didn't tell me you got married. And the person said, well, I did. I left. I married a drunk. So, now the puzzle came together. And it's simple this. So the person asked me this. I, I really want to hear from God. I want to hear from God. That's about most important thing. I want to hear from God. So, I prayed for the person, and um, after I found out that this person had married an unbeliever, I, I got a word from God. This person has sinned, because the Bible says we are not to marry an unbeliever, number one, and we're not going to marry down with someone that is open living in sin. So, I wrote back to the person and said, you know, I got a word for you. You have sinned. Repent. And uh, that didn't go over too well. It went over like a lead balloon. Uh, but as I stated to the person, you asked for a word of God. I gave it to you. That's all I can do. So, here is a successful person. Now, 
over the years, we've had lots of pastors that have ended up either they were ended up with financial problems, they ended up uh, uh, having sex outside of marriage, or they got a drinking problem, like we had the guy uh, Hillsong in Australia. Actually, was it was a drunkard, a very successful pastor, and so on. They took him out with alcohol. So, as I thought about this, the person I'm talking about today did not ask God, God, should I remain single or should I marry? And if I am to marry, where do I find a candidate? Because as a minister of the gospel, a successful uh, media operator on the internet, uh, you're a high target. But for some reason, and this is what I see with a lot of people, including myself, we get sloppy. We have desires. Oh, I, I want to do this. Have you talked to God about it? No, I'm talking about it. You know, I'm, I don't have to tell him everything. You know, and that's where we get in trouble. So. I don't know if this person is going to be able to go back into the ministry or if the person simply burned too many bridges and there's no way back. I don't know. I know this. If a person is saved, born again, uh, you don't lose your salvation because you do a stupid thing. But you lose everything else. So, you don't listen to me right now. Ask yourself this. Am I smart enough to, before I do anything, now, you don't have to pray to God, should I go to the bathroom or not? Should I brush my teeth, Lord, or not? Um, should I have shoes on my feet when I walk in, on the ground and so on? I mean, these are self-explanatory things that you simply, you know what the will of God is. You do that. But it has to do with what you are doing projects that you might not have done before. And should I venture into this area? Should I venture into here? What should I do? It is so important that you simply ask God, Lord, Show me your will. Let me go back to what I talked to you about before. Fishes, they swim and live in water. They surround by that. As humans, we live in a gas environment. Uh, we can't fly by using airplanes, and uh, so we can even swim in the gas. But then the third element is to be saturated and living in the Holy Spirit atmosphere. That's the spirit world now. 
But I believe that you can live like in a bubble where the Holy Spirit is saturating you, surrounding you, and giving you guidance on a daily basis uh, in whatever you do. Uh, Sometimes I ask God, should I eat breakfast now or should I eat it later? There's, there's things that you want to know with the timing of it. So that's important. So that's what I want to – this is some practical stuff that is happening right now that I have to deal with in my personal life and about this person that I just shared about that married an unbeliever or a backslider, whatever the case is, and lost – the ministry. And after that, there's a lot of crying. And God is simply saying, my son, my daughter, why don't you talk to me before you did that stupid thing? And the answer to that is, by the time, we don't want to ask God because we don't want him to say no. (laughs) So we don't want to ask him. Because we, we know this is not right. If I ask him, he would tell me, don't do it. So I'm not going to ask him. I'm not going to do it. But it's not going to work out. You're going to have problems later on. Let me read to you right now from Romans chapter 1. And uh, I'm going to start in verse number 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified another God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through their lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and so the Creator more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections for even the women that change the natural use in that which is against nature. And likewise also the men live in the natural use of a woman, burned in their lust one to another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving themselves the recompense of their error which was made. So the key verse here. It's simply this from verse number 23. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping. Wherefore, God 
also gave them up to uncleanness. There's nothing worse than when God gives you up and simply says, okay, I'm done. You go right ahead and do your things that you wanted to do. But I am not going to be part of it. Can we repent? Yes, we can repent. Can we be restored? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. King David committed adultery. After that, he topped it off by ordering the murder of the woman's husband. And then he married her. And he got cursed. The child that was born in this union died. This baby died. So, what did King David do? Well, he repented. He did not repent until he was confronted by the prophet Nathan. Notice this. Repentance did not come until he had been confronted by the prophet. And in these days, we can be uh, confronted by uh, a prophet. We can be confronted by uh, the Holy Spirit. So it is extremely important that we are moving in the Holy Spirit. So let me talk to you now about God's intentional will. God's intentional will, which is also known as the perfect will of God. In Matthew 6, 8 to 10, this is what they call the Lord's Prayer. It should be known as a disciple's prayer. Jesus said this, Be not you therefore like unto them, for your Father knows what things you have need of. Before we ask him, before you ask him, after this man therefore pray you, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. This prayer was given before Jesus was crucified and his body was resurrected. So the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God is not here on this earth. The second half of that prayer there is, Thy will be done in earth as is in heaven. That's what we should pray every day. And that includes your personal will. There is no one in heavens to oppose God's will. Since the devil's angels were cast out, God's will is not always carried out in the heavens. Satan has been cast out. 
I'm going to read from Revelation 12 a couple of verses here. And there was war in heaven. Michael's angel fought against the dragon. The dragon fought and his angels prevailed not. Neither was a place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. In the heavens, plural, there's no more devil, no more fallen angels. So God's will is done in heaven. He's down here now. And he will do everything he can to make sure that the work of God is not being done. So we have constant resistance. Jesus wanted his followers to pray for the will of God to be carried out on earth in the life of every human being. God has an intentional will for each person. And if you seek God's will in your life, the Lord will let you move into a prepared situation that guarantees success. The best example of this is found in the following scripture, Matthew 1.21. And she, Mary, shall bring forth a son, you should call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. It was decreed by God before Jesus was born in the flesh to Mary that he should be the savior of humanity. This was God's intentional will for Jesus. Jesus could fulfill this because he was God, had sinless blood flowing in his body, which enabled him to live a sinless life and follow God's intentional will. In one of the Gospels, you will find that one day a group of Kabbalistic men came and they watched Jesus perform miracles. And um, when they saw him healing the blind, and the lepers, and the cripples, and so on, they felt this is the Messiah. Now, in Judaism, you have two parallel bloodlines, if I can use that, or events. You have the, the bloodline, so to say, that goes from Abraham, and all the way up to Jesus, that simply pointed to Jesus as the Messiah. And the biblical Messiah is God incarnated in the human body, paying for the sins of the world. The Kabbalistic Messiah which is the one Messiah that all Jews today <coughs> are waiting for, is a man that is anointed by God, but he is not God. 
If you read the four Gospels, you will find this. The flashpoint that Jesus encountered was this. When he had when he made it with the priests, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the scribes. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. He said, I am divine. I'm God. And they called that blasphemy. They said, he's blaspheming. And the reason for the crucifixion was that Jesus simply presented, was presented as God's Messiah, God incarnated. And the Jewish leadership said, no, 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 no. It's going to be a man like Samson, like Gideon, anointed by God. It's going to be a Messiah. It's not going to be God himself. That's the clash that started when Jesus was here. Actually, it was before and has continued for the last 2,000 years. And that most Christians have not understood that the Jewish Messiah is a man anointed by God. The Bible, in the book of Revelation, we know him as the Antichrist. He will also have a false prophet that will be able to do miracles. So, when Jesus came down now, there was a group of men that were Kabbalists. They simply said, Jesus fits our description. He can do miracles. He can feed thousands of people by just breaking the bread between his hands. And the Bible said, they actually do tell you, it says, and they tried to take Jesus by force. And Jesus recognized it, and he walked away and hid himself. They wanted, these Kabbalistic men wanted, they liked Jesus, and they wanted to simply say, okay, begin ruling as the Messiah. Kick out the Romans, use your miracles to, de to develop the kingdom of Israel. That's what they wanted. If you read book, the book of Acts chapter 1 Jesus said wait here until you are endued with power by the Holy Spirit what was the answer from the apostles when are you going to establish the kingdom of Israel I mean this is what the Jews have been waiting for they are still waiting for the kingdom of, of Israel and Jesus said you know it's not for you to know the time and the season so Jesus now when he was on earth he walked a narrow road he made sure he did not get entangled in anything that he was not supposed to do he did the miracles and uh he healed the sick, raised the dead, he taught, he 
selected 12 apostles, some of the others. And he used it three and a half years when he ministered to set up the church to come and to walk in such a way that when he was sacrificed on the cross, it was a perfect sacrifice without sin. He had personally not sinned and he had done God's will. God also has an intentional will for you and for me. God has a plan for us and his greatest desire is that we should follow it. Many people have fallen out of God's intentional will and come into his circumstantial will of God because of their own sins and the sins of other people. Let me see if I can describe the intentional will of God for you so you understand that. When you were conceived and later born by your mother, God had, he knew you for the, for the foundation of the world. He had earmarked you to be saved. He wants all people to be saved. He had put talents, skills, and gifts in you. And he had a plan for you. His plan for you was that you would grow up in a nice, comfortable home where you had a father and a mother that loved the Lord, that stayed together, there was no divorce, that nourished you, taught you, guided you, helped you to attend school, if you homeschooled, whatever, so that you as an adult, when you come up into your 18 and 19 years of age, God could simply say, okay, little Joe, okay, little Mary, you have now finished your first part of your life here. You are now adults. You are in my will. You obeyed your parents. Your parents were nice. Your parents raised you right. And now I'm going to move you into your will. Now, not everyone is called to be a pastor or an evangelist or a missionary. Uh, God has called people to be plumbers. Some people are going to be called to be carpenters. Some people are called to be doctors. Some people are called to be nurses. Uh, there's a variety of different jobs that God simply, or positions that God wants us to have. So let's say now that as a young person, you say, okay, I'm going to be walking with the Lord, I'm going to attend church, I'm going to have a prayer life, I'm going to have this and that, and you make a decision, I'm not going to have any sex before I am married. I am not going to go around and kiss other people, men or women, depending what kind of, uh, if you're a man or woman, um, 
run around or drink alcohol, take drugs and stuff like that. That's not God's will for you. So you're simply saying, I'm going to stay true to God. I'm going to walk straight like an arrow. And then you simply say this, God, I don't want to date. I don't want to run around and go to these dating sites and uh, on the internet and try to find myself a spouse or go to the uh, singles class or whatever you go into groups. I want you, Lord, to bring to me the man or the woman that you have earmarked me to marry. That's a perfect will of God. That's God's intention of will. And I can tell you this, that if you live like that and you pray like that, one day, out of the blue, here comes a man or a woman, a born-again Christian, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you meet, and instantly, you and her or if you were her and him, will know we are to be married. We just met our spouse. That is God's intentional will. That's his perfect will. Does it happen? Yes, it does. But most people don't allow God to select a spouse for you. Because the thing is this, Every one of us, when we are designed before the foundation of the world, God has already picked out a spouse for us. It's done before the foundation of the world. But most people miss it. So they, you know, go around, you know, beat the bushes, say, oh, this looks good, you know, that looks good, and they get married. And then you have divorce number one, divorce number two, you know, didn't work out, bitterness, fight over custody of the children, you know, and now the children got to stay a little bit with mom, stay one week with dad, back and forth they go and so on. That's not God's will. It never was. That is because of man's stupidity of simply saying, I can do things myself. So now I said that this perfect couple, they now get married. They start having children. And they are determined to raise their children according to the word of God, to do homeschooling, and to give their children the best possible education, upbringing. And when you have a couple, they don't fight. They love each other and so on. It will do a whole lot of good for the children. The children will become secure. They will be mature. And they will say, dad is solid. Mom is solid. They love each other. I don't hear them bickering. That's how I want to be. This is God's intentional will. Did I end up God's intentional will was that in my life? No. Far from it. 
my parents were never divorced. Uh, they stayed married until dad died. And then mom died about five, six years later. Did they fight? Yes, they did. There was a time when I was about 13 or 14 years old. And uh, there was a divorce on a street where we lived in, in Sweden, in that little city. And divorce was very rare. And I remember my brother Peter and I, we, we talked to our parents one night and we said, we, we want to tell you something. If you ever get divorced, we will kill you. Notice. And my, my mom and dad, they, I mean, they were, I was a kid, you know, 14, 15 years old, my brother about 10. And we are serious. And we look at them and we says, you know, if you even think about divorce and you do it, we will kill you. I remember that. Well, I was to put the fear of God in them because, you know, they had some ups and downs, but they never talked about divorce. They stayed together. Now, when I got, as a teenager, I told you about my stupidity with my little motorcycle. Uh, I did a lot of other stupid things. Of course, I had to start drinking, and I had to start smoking. And uh, I had to start chasing, and I started, I liked women. Praise God, I'm not a homosexual. I like women, and I praise God for that. And so... I simply says, well, this looks good, you know. Uh, that woman had sex with her. Uh, this woman, oh, that looks good, you know. And uh, I was just flopping around. And God intervened because he knew what he was going to do with me. So one day, on a train, traveling my hometown to the town where I was going to college, I met a woman and the moment I saw her, I realized, I want to pursue this woman. And after I had known her for about two weeks, I said, this is my wife. And that's how I met my wife, Ina. She was not saved, but she loved, she, she was a clean woman. And eventually she got saved. So God, in his mercy, put me in his circumstantial will, which I will talk to you about next week. So, take this word you hear today. If you made a mess in your life, you can always start over. You cannot get the years back, but God can give you something good again. So, repent. Profess you made a mistake. Ask God to forgive you. And then say, Holy Spirit, from this day on, you guide me. I don't want to guide myself anymore. If you listen to my message here today, and you like it, you can have the outline that I work from. Um, we tell people you can go to our website, eaec.org, and uh, just write me and say, I want to have the outline you're using on Omega Man Radio. We send it to you free of charge. We send it to you electronically uh, on, on an email. Now, if you feel that this program was worth anything, I wanted to put to get some money up. We need to beef up Shannon Davis. He lives in Indonesia.
got three children, nice wife, and all of them need to eat. They need to pay rent. They need clothing. And they need some pocket money, you know, once in a while, go down and buy some ice cream or whatever they want to do. So if this is something that you said, but I like this, go to Shannon Davies' website. Find his donation buttons. He got a number of them. Use the one that fits you and say, here is a good offering, Shannon. Thank you for being on the air. Thank you for being there. If you want to know about us, we have a website, E-A-E-C. That stands for European American Evangelistic Crusades. Go to our website, and there you will find a banner saying weekly webcast. Every Sunday morning, we webcast our service from our chapel in the Sacramento area. If you live in the greatest Sacramento area in California, come on out. We would love to have you come to our church and worship with us. Contact us and we will call you back and let you know exactly where we're at and the times and so on. But if you live too far away, just tune in. We start at 8.30, praise and worship, 9 o'clock, prayer time. About 9.30, I start preaching. And uh, it's sent live. If you can't miss it, if you miss it because you are doing some other things, maybe go to another church, uh, you can listen to that same webcast all week long. And then the following Sunday, we override it again. We make videos of my sermons. We have, I have about 600 videos on YouTube. And they also on Vimeo. They own some other platforms. You also find them on our website. 600 sermons. Video sermons. So there's a lot of stuff you can have. So come to our website, eac.org and browse around and see what we have to offer you. There is a lot. When that, back to you, Shannon. Brother John, what shall we title tonight's broadcast for the archives? Why don't we call it God's Intentional Will? So let me tack on to this uh, program tonight. Uh, I speak from experience when I say this, that the Word of God is true, and when we disregard it, uh, we do so at our own peril, especially in the area of relationships. And uh, a number of years ago, 20 years ago, uh, I was married to a lady uh, who I was unequally yoked with, but nonetheless, I tried to make it work. This is prior to ministry. And uh, she committed adultery on me. Went through a divorce case. I had a child with her. I was trying to fight for custody of my son. That's a long story I won't go into tonight. I've talked about it before in the past. But uh, it was rough. And uh, the best thing for me would be free of this lady for a number of reasons. But I got to a weak point, Brother John, and this was at a time where I was um, actually did have custody of my two-year-old son. I was raising him, working full-time, had a great job, and trying to get my life together but going through this divorce trial. And uh, at one point, I just broke, and I said, man, this is rough being alone. I just may go back. And uh, I went to the Lord in prayer. 
And I got an immediate response on that. I opened up my King James Bible after praying, and the word came, Lust not after her beauty with thine eyes. And I said, Whoa, she was a pretty lady. I said, God, are you talking to me? I prayed again, opened the Bible. It fell open to 2 Corinthians 6.14, which I want to share with uh, people out there tonight who are thinking about getting into a, a relationship with an unbeliever. It says, Be ye not unequal yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? I was like, that's talking to me. God, are you speaking to me? Brother John is God is my witness. And let every word be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. I closed my King James Bible, prayed again. This time it opened up to Galatians 5.1. When I say it opened up, I prayed, opened my Bible, bam, I'm looking at the verse. Parallel verse to 2 Corinthians 6.14, it says, Stand fast, therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What God was speaking to me was, uh, don't go back into that situation. I'd already suffered and would suffer more because of doing what I wanted and moving in the lust of the flesh and not living according to the scripture, where it says, be not in unequal yoked with an unbeliever. And we got people out there that disregard this to this day. I know some personally. I've got one of my family that I'm praying for that is a believer with an unbeliever. They're not even married. And I'm like, you can't do this. Number one, fornicators will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you die in your sin, fornication, adultery, drunkenness, there's other sins you can die in, those sins, you will not inherit the kingdom of God, it says. Bible means what it says. If we die in that sin and have not repented. So we need to repent come clean get out of these situations and then know what the bible's saying here is the best advice god has not called any of us to be unequally yoked and if you think that you can be a believer following christ and you can marry a, someone who's not they're not a believer you're cruising for bruising you're going to set yourself up for a major fall and destruction and brother um fast forward I got out of that relationship sometime past and uh, I got involved in another bad relationship this is prior to the ministry again I should know better but I disregarded it I uh, was lonely uh, looked for what I thought was uh, the, the right mate but I didn't look on the inside and uh, I would pay a heavy price again, uh, cheat it on again. And I tried to salvage it. You know, but the Bible says, uh, you know, again, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. Why? Because you're going to try to serve the Lord and the others not. And then you've got the whole issue of demons at work. And if people are involved in a sinful lifestyle, alcoholism, drugs, or they've had a past, and they're not living for Jesus with those sins under the blood of Jesus they've got demons and those demons are going to fight you tooth and nail so fast forward I'm married I had disregarded the uh, word of the Lord again I was free to marry because I had uh, been in a relationship that lady had committed adultery I mean well married another one 
outside the will of God and it almost destroyed me brother and I got to the point where uh, I said I'm trying to live for the Lord I'm involved in deliverance ministry and this other person uh, does not share the same desire to serve the Lord as I do but I said I'm a deliverance minister so they got demons I'm just going to do deliverance on them and I attempted to salvage the marriage but it didn't work brother John because uh, if people are holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness and other unrepented sin and don't want to repent don't want to forgive they're not going to get free of your demons no matter how hard I try to deliver them Correct. and I worked on it for a while I said you know maybe I can get this situation cleaned up I, you know I was in love with the person and I said who's perfect I overlooked their faults and see their needs and deliverance I thought surely could help them but they didn't meet the requirements for deliverance. And uh, I would pray and they would go into possum mode, which means they just pass out like a possum and play dead. I got nowhere. And then it got worse. It got worse. I won't go into all the details. But I had a full-on battle on my hands. Here I am trying to serve the Lord and do deliverance, and I'm living with unequally yoked with an unbeliever. And the Lord had already warned me before be not entangled again and i disregarded that advice brother it almost destroyed me i had a friend who was doing deliverance and uh he was interrogating a demon and the demon spoke and uh mentioned me by name said we're looking for a crack in your armor charlie then he said "Uh, we're looking for one in shannon too and the enemy almost destroyed me he got to the point where it came to the head brother john two thousand uh, 10 and 11 I caught this person in adultery and I was willing to forgive but they were not willing to repent deliverance did them no good and it was like a dog returning to its vomit and I had no one to blame but myself I disregarded the word of the Lord it could have cost me the ministry and they came to me one time and said uh, you're either going to leave the ministry I don't want to be married to a pastor Oh, I'm leaving. And at that point in time, it was like, then you can hit the road, Jack, because I'm not uh, going to leave the Lord or what he's called me to do. And it ended right there, 2012. I walked away from Costa Rica for the last time. I've never been back since. Been almost 11 years. It was the toughest time I ever went through. Had to divorce again. Brother John, uh, there were times I wanted to go back in. And I got a prophetic word one time, uh, and the word was if you go back it'll be your destruction and it was the hardest thing ever to go through I was a eunuch for 4.4 years brother John now there's not a switch that I know of built into a man's body you can just turn off the sex drive have you found it brother John is there a switch a switch that we can just flick no no no, sir Uh, and it was rough I'm not going to lie to you it was rough and I thought well, maybe God will give me someone else rapidly. It didn't happen that way. Uh, it wasn't going to happen for many years. And there was a point where I thought maybe I'll just have to be like the uh, Apostle Paul. I think he was married at one time, but whatever happened to his wife, he was a, a eunuch. He decided to remain as such. And I didn't know if I'd end up being a eunuch or not. But I was holding out hope that uh, God would provide. And I had to repent because I was in sin. Bottom line, uh, I was a fool. Brother John, to think that I can go against the word of God, which says, 
uh, we're not to be an unequal yoke with an unbeliever. We're going to be able to make it work. I hear so many times, Brother John, people thinking, you know, well, you know, I love him or I love her, and uh, we can get married. You know, I'll win them over to Jesus. Never works. God has not called people to missionary date. He says, be not unequally yoked. If you want to live for Christ and serve him, you cannot look for a mate unless they're sold out to Jesus or you're setting yourself up for destruction. It never works. And I learned something else. Premarital sex doesn't work either, Brother John, but that's the culture out there. Outside and even inside much of the church. How many parents have a, a sit down with their kids and say, you're not to have any sex. Okay, it's back. Uh, Brother John, I'll make, make this story just a little bit longer, but here's the deal <laughs> I want to make. Every, we got a hookup culture out there. Everybody's out there having sex, dating, you know, sampling the goods. It never works out. Those relationships don't work out. You've already set out on a wrong footing. God hadn't called us to have sex before marriage. It's a sin. And those that continue in that sin, they're going to get destroyed. It will not work out. People pressured for sex. If they're pressuring you for sex and you say no, uh, and they want, to, they want to drop you, well, they weren't meant for you to begin with. And anybody's not willing to wait till the honeymoon, no, you don't need them. Now, this is not popular. It's not being preached. In fact, I don't even believe in dating. I believe dating is dangerous, Brother John. How many people can contain themselves? I couldn't. Who can? Who can? So the only thing I could do to avoid, repeat, is uh, avoid the situation altogether. Or if you are going to do it the Christian way, then, you know, chaperone dating, you know. Uh, don't allow yourself to be alone with the opposite sex. Try as you might to resist. It'll end up in the sack. It'll be Netflix, Pop Goes the Weasel. You can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it, folks. What fellowship does light have with darkness? And if the other person's not willing to wait, then they're not meant for you. Brother John, fast forward. I have made my share of mistakes. Oh, the book titles I could write. Because I've been there and done that. Multiple strikeouts. I can only say when I came to the end of it all, and nearly lost everything. Nearly lost my life. I repented, and it wasn't easy. It didn't the Lord just didn't hook me up with a great helpmate? The next day I had to wait four and a half years. Didn't know if it ever happened. And I said, this time, God, I can't afford to make any more mistakes. I've made my share. Good grief! Got to stop the insanity. I said, no sex before marriage. Send me somebody that loves Jesus more than anything. I want someone filled with the Holy Spirit. And then this was going to be the tough one, Brother John, because I I like the deliverance ministry. Not everybody does. And I said, God, you're going to have to send me someone that's okay with casting out devils. Because otherwise, I'm going to be in an adversarial relationship again. Even if they're Christian. If they're not copacetic with deliverance ministry, then they're going to be, uh, there's going to be a combative situation. And you don't need that in your own home, especially if you're in the ministry. Talk to those that want to, or in the ministry that want to get into it, or, you know, or anyone for that fact. You've got to find someone that you're equally yoked with. Uh, and um, I prayed, and I prayed, and I waited, and I waited, and it looked like it wasn't going to happen. Then prophetic word came, and 
the girl I'm with, beautiful Mama Narita, came out of nowhere, just like I was told she was. And um, one of the f- first questions I asked her is, I said, uh, do you smoke? Do you have children? I wasn't looking for any baggage this time. I'd done that one. doesn't work out too well. Being a stepdad doesn't work out good. For the, the kids, they don't want a step-parent. I said, I'm just, I'm going to, listen, I made my mistakes. I'm going to do it right this time. I need a woman who's single, who loves Jesus more than anything else, who's filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the final test, uh, does she believe in deliverance or want to learn about it? In fact, I went beyond that. I decided uh, the girl I'm going to be with, she's got to be willing to submit for deliverance. And brother, when I met my uh, soon-to-be wife, I took her through deliverance, cast some demons out. I did premarital deliverance. (laughs) And I found out that she was being mentored by a lady who was involved in the deliverance ministry herself. I said, well, praise God. I got all the check marks. A previous smoker, but she'd given that up, repented, came to Jesus. You know, she wasn't perfect in her past. Like, I don't think you'll find anybody perfect, but she had repented. That was the point. And made the decision she was going all in for Jesus. I said, I got to be equally yoked this time. And Brother John, I didn't wait around, my friend. Um, I, But I did say, I'm going to wait till the honeymoon night before he opened up the gifts. We didn't even kiss until the honeymoon night. Now, it, it was temptation. I'm not going to lie to you, but praise God, I made it. And uh, we've been married now seven years uh, as of April. We don't have a perfect marriage. We argue about things. We've got uh, disagreements sometimes. We've got our immaturities. We've got to work some things out, but we've got a working relationship based on Jesus. Now, that can work because we have something in common. We have the Lord Jesus Christ, front and center. Our desire is to serve him. And uh, I didn't marry someone with a bunch of vices, you know, alcoholic or drug user or into pornography. Folks, you're just setting yourself up for trouble. You're compromising. It's not going to work out if we do it any other way than God's way. And if you've, you've struck out once or twice, Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast in the liberty Work with Christ has made you free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Brother John, I know what it's like to be entangled with a yoke of bondage. It's horrible. It's horrible. And then, God forbid, you have kids. And it usually ends up in divorce, and they always suffer. I can just say this from experience. Doing it God's way is the only way to do it. Otherwise, you're going to pay a high price for a lot of low living. And uh, beauty fades away, but uh, what's on the inside? Is it the Holy Spirit of God? Do they love Jesus? If not, uh, you're going to have disaster sooner or later. And you want to do ministry? Forget about it. You'll come to the same crossroad I did, and the actual demon said to me, quit the ministry or I'm gone. And it was over at that point because I'm not turning back on the Lord. No man, no woman are worth that, folks. Nothing's worth turning your back on the Lord. And I know a person that uh, was involved in deliverance ministry. It was a man. And Brother John, to make a long story short, married to a former witch. They were in compromise, but he was still trying to live for the Lord. She didn't want to live for the Lord. And the day came where demons spoke to him and said, you leave the ministry or we're done. And sadly, he chose to leave the ministry. That's terrible. Put your hand to the plow and look back. You're not fit for the kingdom of God. Uh, it went bad for them, and I pray for them. They're friends, but um, we can do the wrong thing. And the devil will get in there through a sin doorway, unequally yoked, and the demons inside your mate 
are going to attack you. They're going to attack the marriage. They're going to try to destroy everything, try to destroy you. And if you're looking at a potential mate and they've got a hang up like alcohol or drugs or other, other sin, leave them and run for your life. Alcohol is a mocker. It destroys. It'll destroy your liver. It'll open the door for demons. And then they're going to attack you. And I was literally living with demons, Brother John. Living with demons, trying to cast out devils myself. And uh, mm-hmm. it was insanity. It was insanity. Almost destroyed me. This is my last shot. And you know what? I want to make this thing work because we did it right this time. We put the Lord at the center. I got equally yoked with a, a believer. Now that you can you can survive with. And you can make it and you know you can have a prosperous marriage and relationship. But uh, most of the world doesn't want to hear this advice, Brother John. I didn't want to hear it. I just wanted to do what I... I want to do in the flesh, and I'm here to tell you, it, it could have killed me. Uh, I barely escaped with my life. I was in Mexico just prior to this, and uh, my grandfather got a dream. He said, son, if you don't leave Mexico, you're going to be down there like Samson. I see you as Samson. Your eyes have been poked out. You're pushing around the grindstone milling corn because he was overtaken by lust of the eyes from Delilah, and he said, you're going to die in Mexico if you don't get out of there. Brother, I can tell you I got out by the skin of my teeth. And then it took me several more years finally to break free of that bondage. And then that carried on for almost 15 to 20 years of bondage. I'm finally free of that woman. Lost my son in the process, though. And uh, horrible. I paid a heavy price for a lot of living. I wish I had done it God's way in the beginning. But God is good and he does forgive and you know, sadly, I mean, if we the, rep- if we repent, if we repent, and re- repent means uh, don't go back and do the stupid things again that we've done before. Yeah. After yeah. we've confessed the sin, renounced it, repented, asked the Lord Jesus to forgive us. But if we keep doing the same stupid things over and over again, are we going to get any different result, Brother John? No. I told a person the other day, you're with someone, illegally having sex. You're not even married kick them out or you get out and not to mention do you want this person for your mate they're not living for Jesus now you're not living for Jesus where are you going to end up in hell if you don't repent and leave this thing the word of God does not lie fornicators drunkards homosexuals adulterers will not inherit the kingdom of God but such were some of us and we've repented but we've uh, other, otherwise destruction we got to choose brother John and uh, people are choosing wrong thinking they're going to make it work and it never works out brother John that's why I become a teetotaler no sex before marriage I don't even believe in dating I think you know listen I looked in the bible for dating I can't find it brother John it's not there you know there was betrothals and then there were some that knew what they wanted like uh, King David to Abigail, the recently widowed woman, and saw the good heart she had. And she said, he said to her, you want to get married? Get on the back of my mule and let's go. He didn't wait. There was no long courtship. Now, that might be disastrous, but but literally, uh, what's the alternative out there? Uh, I came up on a woman in closing one time uh, at the UPS store where we have a, a mailbox in Vegas, and she was troubled. She was living with a man. 
been with other women before and they weren't married and um, she was just distraught and I said uh, you need to get out of that situation you're living with men you're not even married I said to her uh, why do you think a man will buy the cow when he can get the milk for free well she told me once she <laughs> says why should I buy the pig when I'm getting the pork for free <laughs> but it's true Wait on God, folks. And I told this other lady, I said, listen, you want to get married, I know. What you really want is a Christian man. They are hard to find. But I said, wait on God. If you'll do the right thing. I I told her, I said, I believe I'm prophesying. Repent, get out of that situation. In one year, God will send you a man of God. and uh, Or you can have Satan's best. You know, Satan has his counterfeit. And this person, a younger girl in my family, said no I love him she threw out my advice and uh, I don't know what to say now all I can do is pray for her because uh, she has disregarded the word of God continues to live in sin thinks it's going to work out thinks that being unequally yoked with an unbeliever she's somehow going to be able to win him over it's never going to work brother John I know and uh, sadly people are going to wake up one day and realize they've lost a lot of time and maybe, maybe it's over with at that point for them you know, a lot of times the enemy will take that person and pull them to the dark side, and they lose their calling, they lose the ministry that God had for them, they get destroyed even in the flesh. Uh, uh, we play with fire in our bosom, we will get burned. It's, you know, it says, can you take a prostitute in your bosom and not get burned? Do you not yeah. know that both of you are one flesh? One flesh with demons, that's my micro sermon tonight. Do not. I must have really stirred. I must have stirred you up, man. <laughs> well, brother John, I, I'm, I've made so many mistakes myself. I'm trying to help some people out there avoid it because yeah. it doesn't work. I thought I could make it work. It almost killed me. Yeah. Almost, but by the grace of God, and you know, brother, I'm trying to do it over again, but I'm having to do it the second part of my life. Yeah. You know, and I'm just praying now that God give me enough years so I can see my children grow up because. If I'd done this uh, God's way in the beginning, I you know I could have saved myself years of misery and worry, and uh, there we are, brother. God help yep. us all, um, brother John. Uh, you do a broadcast on Sunday. When can people tune in? What time is it? It, it started at nine thirty uh, Pacific time with uh, praise and worship, and at nine o'clock we start our prayer time, and then about nine thirty. Uh, I start preaching. And last thing, folks, I want to say, stay away from alcohol. Christians have no business drinking. You know, if you're going to have a little bit of wine with communion, okay, I understand that. But uh, most people can't just have a little bit of wine, Brother John. It's one glass, it's one bottle, it's a case of wine. Next thing you know, they're drunkards. Next thing you know, you got cirrhosis of the liver. Don't drink. Most people can't handle it. Better to stay away from that stuff. Listen, my family had some hang-ups, but I want to say one thing. Praise God, I was not raised around drinkers. My parents didn't drink or smoke, and I have other vices that I had in life, but those weren't two of them. And I'm so thankful today. Uh, And uh, look at the people that are just dying prematurely because they poison their bodies with alcohol and drugs and cigarettes. God forbid. Don't do it. Yep. Uh, We'll see you next time, Brother John. God bless you. Love you. Love you too, brother. Every time I go into the uh, Indomart, which is like a 7-Eleven here, and I'm up at the cash register, 
there are certain things that you can't buy except from the cashier because it's behind her over there on the wall and one of those are cigarettes over here and uh, I'm sure it's that way in America in most places but you see the big pictures of people who have had throat cancer and had their larynxes cut open their voice box taken out if you will they have no voice box anymore just a hole in their neck or people who have died and they did autopsies and their organs are just diseased from the smoke and the alcohol and the drugs if you're dating or you're looking at a prospect of a relationship with someone who's got these vices run like hell because they're headed for hell they're going to take you there too premature death demons demons love to come in through alcohol through drugs through cigarettes through porn major portals it opens up the door and the demons just flood in you got a you got a, a breach a crack and um, how many times have we disregarded this only to set ourselves up for a fall Lord Jesus forgive me and he has but there's still prices that you pay lost time lost opportunities wasted time there we are that's my micro sermon you don't want to be yoked with a demon okay and you don't want to have an adversarial relationship in your own bed in your own home you're trying to live for the Lord and the other does not want to live for the Lord doesn't work you're unequally yoked you can try to move and you it's like a big chain around you or you're trying to go in this direction they're trying to go in the other direction doesn't work it's bondage it's slavery Jesus wants us to be free what communion hath light with darkness there is none and not only in marriage relationships could be business your friends there are people that I don't hang out with anymore because they don't want to live for the Lord before I didn't live for the Lord and we had something in common now not so much I mean I care about the people but there's really nothing to talk about I want to live for the Lord they don't we're too far apart just pray for them that's it that's my micro sermon well uh, these are these are tough situations for many people out there but that's why we need the word of God that's why we need to teach people God has a standard it's called holiness and uh, when we depart from his word and do things contrary to his word we're going to have have to suffer the ramifications of that misery pain torment slavery bondage and who knows how long it'll take you to get free from some of these bondages and mistakes that we make mistakes can be very costly I've I've made my share God have mercy on us all that's why we need the word of God Uh, we're going to take a break and we will come back and I'm going to close out with uh, some word tonight Uh, if you're just joining us we had brother Elvis Newhart that was brother John Terrell Pastor John and uh, we'll close out with uh, speak my word but first a song or two
Here we go. Amen. Just a little talk with Jesus can make any situation right. And if we have sinned, and we've all sinned at some point in time, fallen short of the glory of God, praise God, there is an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Folks, I sinned last year, financially. I got myself in a financial debacle, made some stupid decisions, didn't ask the Lord first, and I'm paying for him today. But there is forgiveness. And uh, we reap what we sow, that's for sure. Better not to uh, make any decision outside the will of God, financially, relationship-wise, or any decision, because we can have dire consequences when we do. The good news, though, is we can repent. And there is restoration. And God can help us. Yes, he can. But uh, when I get through my uh, present situation, uh, I will do a whole teaching on it. Because I've seen a, uh, an aspect of, uh, oh, no, oh man, nothing but to love him more clearly now than I ever have before. And we've got, uh, I'm just a microcosm of a bigger problem we've got in America right now, debt. We've got financial uncertainty in our country. We've got a system that's imploding. Uh, We've got more credit card debt than ever before. We've got consequences of bad spending. Um, We've got consequences of uh, being over-leveraged. And uh, our country, I'm talking about America now, hasn't really learned its lesson. We saw a major collapse in 2008. People buying more than they could afford to buy. And then interest rates uh, begin to flux. Maybe they were on a adjustable rate mortgage, an arm, instead of a fixed rate. And then the rate went up so high they couldn't afford their mortgages. And bam, they lose their homes lose everything. People are losing everything out there. And um, who knows how much longer the system as we know it is going to be able to stay intact. There's already fractures in the financial system. We know this. We see it with the the call for uh, more people to join BRICS and the waiting line to get into BRICS. So there's all these nations just like some that want to get into NATO, nations that want to be part of BRICS and break free of the broken financial system that is called the Federal Reserve in America. And so it's like, Lord Jesus, help us all. Help us all. But, you know, he will. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the good news tonight. There is a price to pay for sin for doing things that the word of God says don't do there's a price to pay but there's also mercy at the cross there's also redemption and um, there is hope his name is Jesus Christ whatever situation you've gotten yourself into a bad relationship maybe you have become addicted to a drug or alcohol maybe a financial debacle, other 
areas where you've fallen short. Didn't do it God's way. And uh, there is forgiveness, there is redemption. And uh, I praise God that God is good and God can help us all to be overcomers. Praise the Lord. Lord recently gave me a word. He said, uh, you're trying to do some things on your own. He said, let me drive and I'll get you where you need to be. And I said, Lord, I'm letting go of the driving, uh, the driver's steering wheel. I'm giving it over to you. I'm getting to the back seat. Keep going, he said, but let him work out some things. And God is doing it. I'm seeing major miracles now. Uh, prophecy fulfilled in the area of uh, paperwork. I shared some of that yesterday. Uh, we've almost got everything done that we could or need would need to do with regards to uh, paperwork. When I say paperwork, immigration stuff, passport renewals, uh, visas. You know, we have a very complex situation. I'm married to a foreigner and uh, we have children together and we're living overseas and for me to live here with family I have to have certain visas if I want to take my wife back to America she'd have to have certain visas and we have children that got to have uh, their ID cards for here in America and I'm telling you one of the most uh, intense things I've had to do in a long time but praise God after many many months it's almost all done and God gave us great favor and uh, has made it easy. Easier than it would have been. Devil had his way. So we're getting some ducks in a row, having to clean some things up. You make mistakes, you've got to start cleaning them up. Learn from your mistakes, don't make them again. And uh, maybe be some changes you have to make, some tough decisions you have to make, but God can help us. It's not all lost because there's people tuning in with a variety of issues going on out there. Only God knows what you may be going through right now. You've got your own trials you're going through right now, tribulations, hard times. You're trying to rebound, trying to make a comeback. And uh, the only one that's going to help us is the Lord Jesus. No one else is coming for us, folks. No one else can bail us out. Government's not going to do it. They're not going to solve our problems. The World Economic Forum is not going to solve it. The WHO, Donald Trump even can't solve the problems that we've got as people, as nations. But the Lord Jesus Christ has the answers that we need and starts with just a little talk with Jesus. And uh, important thing is don't keep making the same stupid mistakes that we make over and over and over again. That's insanity. We've got to learn. And then teach others what we learn so they can avoid some of the traps. But... Um, Praise God. I have a good report here today. God's, God has uh, come through for us. And uh, we, uh, we're going to be good for about another year in terms of paperwork here. Now we're just waiting on the Lord. Lord, what do you want us to do? You want us to extend here for the next year? Do you want us to move? Uh, the door is finally open that uh, we can come and go without the need for any kind of vaccine. So I'm praising God for that. That just happened only a few weeks ago. Getting news, maybe one of my family members are coming in a few weeks. That'd be great. I haven't seen anybody in almost 10 years. Been a long time. From Atlanta, um, seven years from my brother Cameron, since I've seen him. But um, we're seeking the Lord for some direction. A lot of people in the crossroads right now. God, where would you have us be? What would you have us do? And um, 
in all your ways acknowledge him it says acknowledge the Lord and he shall direct our paths so that's what we're doing right now we put a couple things before the Lord you know God uh, geographical location number one do we apply for a visa and try to get mama back to uh, the states it's going to take the Lord to make that happen because we're coming through the front door we don't come through the back door like an illegal immigrant and welcome with open arms we got to do it the right way uh, there's no shortcuts for doing things the right way and so uh, we're just putting it in the hands of the Lord and going to let the Lord direct praise God um, with that we'll get into the word tonight uh, maybe after one more song from the Redeemed Quartet let's see what they got over here <laughs> 